A great ship, such as Intrepid, also has the power to educate. From her dramatic story, our citizens learn the vital lessons of their own history. They understand the sacrifices made by their fathers and grandfathers in the most cataclysmic of all wars. They grasp how ordinary Americans, like themselves, were sent into the smoke and chaos of battle and rose to greatness, achieving a victory that changed the course of humankind. Intrepid serves as a visible tribute to that greatest generation of heroes. Intrepid is also a stage from which we honor today's heroes. There is no better place than on the decks of this veteran warship to salute our present generation of soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, and coast guardsmen, those brave Americans who risk everything on our behalf. Intrepid stands as a living connection between our heroes of the past and those of the present. It is also the namesake of the world's most technologically advanced rehabilitation center for amputees and burn victims. The Center for the Intrepid, made possible by the generosity of so many to the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund, and particularly the Fisher family, helps Americans who have sacrificed so much for our sake to have the care they deserve and the comfort of their families as they recover from wounds and rebuild their lives. Of all Intrepid's missions, perhaps her most important is to inspire our heroes of tomorrow. Our nation's future is bright and boundless, but not guaranteed. Only through the heroic efforts of a new generation of Americans will our liberty and ideals be preserved. The USS Intrepid and her educational programs present a powerful and tangible representation of that age-old virtue, love of country, pride in America. I urge you to listen to this story of the magnificent Intrepid, and then, armed with the knowledge of her glorious past, take the opportunity to visit her in person. Let yourself be immersed in the sights and sounds and feel of history. The story of the Intrepid is a classic American saga. Long may she serve as a symbol of our country's greatness. John McCain Prologue Leviathans October 24, 1944 They were huge, beautiful, and utterly terrifying. Lieutenant J.G. Max Adams stared at the apparitions beneath him. He had heard of such warships, but nothing in his imagination prepared him for this. Adams was gazing down at the two mightiest battleships ever to sail the oceans. Their names were Yamato and Musashi. They were sister ships, and each was carving a long white wake across the Sibuyan Sea. Adams was a Helldiver pilot in Bombing Squadron 18, based aboard USS Intrepid. He and his radio man, Cornelius Clark, escorted by a pair of Hellcat fighters, had been searching the inland sea at the southern end of Mindoro, an island in the eastern Philippines. Clark had picked up a surface radar contact bearing 090 degrees, 25 miles. Adams flew over to check it out. The night before, a pair of U.S. submarines had encountered a column of Japanese warships passing through the narrow Palawan Strait headed for the Philippines. The submarine's report was flashed to the bridge of USS New Jersey, flagship of Admiral William F. Bull Halsey. Halsey commanded the Third Fleet, an armada of more than 200 warships, including the aircraft carrier Intrepid. Halsey was responsible for protecting General Douglas MacArthur's 125,000 troops, who had just landed on the southern shore of Leyte Island. Halsey needed more information. How many Japanese ships? What size? Where were they going? Why? At 0600, 24 search planes took off from Intrepid. They were divided into teams, each assigned a different sector in the general area where the submarines had spotted the task force. At a few minutes past 0800, Max Adams and his flight spotted the Japanese task force. 
His report was relayed by another intrepid Helldiver pilot stationed halfway between Adams and the New Jersey, 250 miles away. The Japanese force amounted to 28 warships, including five battleships. Aboard New Jersey, the news had a galvanizing effect. Halsey no longer had any doubt about Japanese intentions. A powerful enemy fleet was heading for Leyte, where MacArthur's landing forces were still digging in. Of Halsey's four carrier task groups, only one, Task Group 38.2, was within range of the Japanese force. And of the task group, only one fleet carrier was available for immediate action, USS Intrepid. Halsey wasted no time. At 0837, he grabbed the TBS, talk between ships, radio phone, and issued a command that would become part of U.S. Navy legend. Strike! Repeat! Strike! Good luck! It was a perfect day for bombing. The morning clouds were dissipating. The ocean was...